Welcome to The Thing About Health Coaching, the podcast from Your Coach Health, where we discuss advancements in health and wellness coaching, trends to watch, and the growing body of research. This episode was generated from conversations that occurred at our Global Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium in November of 2022, with a focus on demystifying health coaching in digital health, healthcare, and beyond. Please note that the industry is rapidly changing, so some of the information discussed may be outdated. For the latest news in health coaching, be sure to follow along with us and check out our latest health coaching report at yourcoach.health. We enjoy bringing you each and every episode, and it would mean a lot if you could rate this podcast in your favorite player. And of course, hit that bell to be notified of future episodes. Welcome back to Your Coach's Global Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium. And I am super, super excited to have Alexander Drain with us. Um, I've I've, I've watched you speak so many times. We've spent some time together. You're an amazing carrier of energy. Um, and so um, I'm going to actually have you to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background, and then we'll go from there. Uh, it's a great honor to be here. Eugene, you, you underplay how much fun we've had together through the years. And I would say we are both rabble rousers and activists for good. And I'm such a huge believer in radical transparency and authenticity. And so the only thing I'll say in introduction is um, if I look back on all the things that, that I've been lucky enough to be a part of in my life, the things that have been the most impactful, the most instructive have been the things that have gone wrong. And what we do is dig in on those things and learn and try again. And I think when you're trying something brand, brand, brand new, which most of us are trying every day, um, as my dad used to say, if, if we get 30% right, we're crushing it, right? You yeah. take that 30%, you figure out what's not going right, you keep building and keep building. So I'm very honored Love to be it. here. I think that's what you guys do every day is work with people to understand, you know, let's take a second and celebrate what's going well with us, really dig on and where we can keep learning, be curious, get better um, in ways that are loving. And I, I really appreciate that. Love it, and 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 if our audience just takes just that last couple of sentences away, we uh, we already are successful today. So, but g- give us a little bit of your history, just uh, briefly, um, and uh, and and then we'll go from there. So, serial entrepreneur, and have evolved my um, at Archangels now. Before that, was at a company called Eliza. That's when you and I met, and at Eliza, right. we gathered over time over a billion data points um, on behalf of our partners who were health plans, employers, health systems. And what we learned over time, we were getting paid to support people in doing things like getting their mammogram, taking care of their diabetes. And what we learned over the course of many, many scars is when you talk to individuals out in the wild about what health means to them and why they may or may not be taking care of themselves, what you'll hear is they have the best intentions. We're all good humans, we're all trying, but life is getting in the way. You know, caregiver stress, financial stress, relationship stress, workplace stress. I'd love to get my mammogram again. I can't, my mother with Alzheimer's just moved in. Gosh, I wish I could exercise every day, but I'm pretty sure my partner's cheating and we're going to lose our house, right? So we got to a place eventually where we said, we've got to expand the definition of health to include life because when life goes wrong, health goes wrong. And we proved that with a bunch of data. Um, Over the course of that also had a really beautiful and hard experience with my beloved sister-in-law, Za, who was diagnosed with glioblastoma, a horrible form of brain cancer. The night I got hitched to her brother and she died seven months later in a textbook case of overtreatment. 
And we started a movement called Engage with Grace, which was all about how do you have the conversations about how to live your best days until your last way before you have to, right? And the wrong time to have that conversation is at the bedside. The right time is many times in advance. Yeah. As a family with love, with wine, right? However you want to do it. Um, and when we left Elias, it really looked at the overlap between those two. And I think one of the single most foundational elements of humanity is to care for others and be cared for ourselves. And that's on the unpaid caregiver. And I also think that if you look at what could lead our nation and more broadly, the universe to success, if we're not taking care of advanced illness, if we're not doing a better job supporting people and living their best days until their last, we cannot survive financially. And that job is on the unpaid caregiver. So we started Archangels to focus on that. And, you know, one, one of the things you mentioned, uh, and, and I love the blend of just life, right? Um, and I did hear, and, and I know we've spoken about it, that at one point, um, it's, it's really talking to people, understanding where they're at, what their challenges are on a daily basis, that you took a job at Walmart at a point of sale. And I would love for this audience to learn a little bit what you've learned there, uh, you know, for the period of time that you were doing this. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It gets back to that scars, right? I think scars are what define us and it's what we do in reaction to those things. So I went through a stage after we sold Eliza and we had made our first attempt at starting Archangels and it was abysmal freaking failure. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I live in a bubble. And I felt like I was traveling, talking a lot to people about, you know, what we should do as a healthcare space. And, you know, I felt almost like I was finger wagging. And I was like, who am I to talk about any of this stuff? I've, I've lived in my happy little space, my protected space forever. Um, and I wanted to put my body there. So I went to become a cashier at store 2660 Walmart in North Reading. And within four days had extraordinary exposure to what I will now say is the foundational. On that arc, we keep learning our wall of pain. For me, one was, oh my gosh, we are all way more alike than different. And the things that are torturing me in my particular circumstances, are way more alike to the things that are torturing folks that I might've thought I had nothing in common with. Um, and as an extension, that really retail or community is the front line of health. And what we did at Eliza, I realized in retrospect is what we were gonna then learn, what I learned at Walmart, which is you have to go where the people are. So most of the folks that we're all trying to serve, they don't have the luxury of coming into the healthcare system to be lectured. And they don't want to be lectured because they're doing their best to survive and they're good humans and they're trying. And so yep. by being at Walmart, seeing the flow of gorgeous souls that would come through my checkout line every day, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where we need to be. Let's take Archangels and let's roll Archangels out in the aisles of store 2660 to start. And so that's what we did. I mean, really uh, amazing. And, and sometimes even diving deeper. And, and when you ask that question, how are you? actually meaning it right and and really listening back uh, before we dive deeper into archangels um, and kind of the informal caregiver and some of the scary stats that i've seen on your website and and heard you speak um, you are a serial entrepreneur you've just talked about just a few of the a few of the businesses um, throughout and we have we've coined here at your coach a term called health coachpreneur right um, these are amazing individuals that are running their own businesses and would absolutely love maybe just one piece of advice uh, before we kind of keep, keep uh, diving deeper into the caregiver community. Um, I love the term. I think language matters, right? So mm -hmm. bravo, good for you. I think if we just build on that Walmart example, you know, go where the people are. So for me, you know, where I'm a bootstrapper, most of your coaches are bootstrappers. 
And yep. I'd love that because I think the best investor is revenue. There's nothing more valuable. I see people all the time. My boss is the unpaid caregiver that we're serving. That is, we live or die based on how well we help those gorgeous individuals out. By the way, 43% of adults in the U.S. are in this role. So rule number one for us is go where people are. And rule number two is deliver value the way those people you're serving would define value. So the healthcare system might say, okay, value is, you know, you do all these things that I have defined as health, heavily clinically centric, you know, very oriented to things that we know actually drive up costs and often don't actually increase health. Where I as an individual would be like, help me not be mad at my kids. Help me do a better job with my partner. Help me survive my exhaustion. Help me have two glasses of wine, not six glasses of wine, when I'm in the middle of the worst day ever. Keep me from expressing my frustration to my coworkers when I really love and have faith in them. We're all working so hard together, but you know, I'm so stressed out and everything else that that frustration is popping out, out in other places. To me, that's value. Value to me is not, hey, Alex, you're 51. Now it's time for you to get these tests. I want to get those tests. I'd love to, but right. if you don't freaking help me survive my day-to-day life first, right? Which if I don't cope well, I'll have to quit my job. That's going to create financial anxiety. There's just so many things yeah. that the healthcare system is focused on defining as health that in my life don't actually express to me being better able to not only survive every day, but, but live a beautiful, to the best of our ability, productive, purpose-filled, love you know, love everywhere kind of experience. Well, and we know, and then to kind of your earlier comment, uh, we've been around the block and it's really sick care system still today, right? And I think this is where, um, you know, to a certain extent, a lot of the health coaches come in, right? More in the preventative. And, you know, what we say here is um, coaches uh, are starting to be the glue between that well care and the healthcare system. Um, and and it just it's 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 fascinating how we've been talking about prevention. We've been talking about you know uh, we go as individuals ebb and flow, and you know anxiety levels around so many different things. The thing about health coaching is brought to you by Your Coach Health, the only operating system for behavior change powered by health coaches. We help a growing roster of industry partners stand up or augment their health coaching operations with the largest supply of validated health coaches and proprietary technology for seamless integration. We are the premier virtual home for health and wellness coaching, an ecosystem built to empower health coaches while expanding access to their services through our industry partnerships. To find out more, head over to yourcoach.health or yourcoachhealth on all the socials. Join us on the health coaching revolution as we strive to deliver the power of health coaching to the eight and a half billion global population by 2030. And that's actually going to be my, my question because there's so many things that are broken today, right? Um, and I know you, you know, again, to your stat earlier, 43% uh, are informal caregivers, but how did you actually define that as a problem statement, something for you as Alex to focus on? Yeah. And, 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 and what was the real trigger for Archangels for you? Yeah. Well, so I want to go back to something because I think what's interesting and I, and I'm sure some of the folks that you're serving on your platform hear this, right? I love the term. Typically people say there are hard skills and there are soft skills. And often mm-hmm. these abilities to connect with humans are classified as soft skills. I would actually say there are hard skills and there are harder skills. I genuinely believe hmm. we're gonna help people 
in a way that will manifest in clinical outcomes, right? Meaning I am less likely to have a heart attack. I am less likely to have anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. We need to develop these harder skills of actually connecting with humanity. And when we, so therefore when we talk about care or talk about love, people dismiss that, I think often as, well, that's just, what is that? Actually, that is, that delivers top and bottom line impact more than anything else. I think the next big industry is love. And I think when we think about, you know, what else can you be doing? What else can the folks that you're serving with your platform be doing who have the most important job, which is serving all the folks out there who are trying to survive? How do we put data behind it? Because that data yeah. component is huge. And again, if, if, if often folks are like, yeah, health coach, it's a nice to have, but look at me over here doing 85 surgeries. Actually, no, that coach is going to help me survive so I don't have to go have that surgery. Well, how do we put data behind showing that that is creating upstream value so that you don't even have someone end up in a situation with blocked arteries, you know, all the manifestations, substance use, all the manifestations of, you know, huge stress, uncontrolled stress that we see. We use the term intensity. So how do we end up focusing on the unpaid caregiver? The, the arc was pretty straightforward. So at Eliza, we captured all this data and we were smart. We realized we've got to put data behind it because we've got all the stories. But if you don't have that data that gives that CFO, and a CFO could be mm -hmm. an actual company, it could be a CFO or a family, whatever it is, permission to believe that this is a real thing, then they're not going to pay attention to it. So we say data engages the mind, gives the mind permission to believe, but it's stories that engage the heart. And you have to have a combination of both of those things. But Eliza- you, you know, I, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, keep well, going. So Eliza really showcased caregiver stress, financial stress, relationship stress, workplace stress. Those are the biggest diseases, we would say, in the U.S. conditions. And then the work with Engage with Grace really pointed at the failure of our nation to do end of life well. And so we got to Archangels by looking at the overlap between those two. And it is the unpaid caregiver. Yeah. You know, it's interesting your comments on data. Um, there's a statement that says data speaks for itself. I always argue data actually does not speak. It's the human beings that speak and that interpretation of that data um, and the stories um, that, that come out of that data is what's important, right? And I think, you know, we, we just recently published our uh, health coaching industry report version two which we cite quite a lot. I mean, in the last 20 years, um, there's been you know something like 450 plus clinical trials with health coaching interventions. So a lot of this evidence is coming as here already um, on, on kind of the value of health coaches. And a lot of these stories are out there already. And, and we're, we're helping tell those stories of the amazing coaches that are with us. Um, you know, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper. You mentioned one stat 43% um, and, and you love data. So anything else around caregivers? Because I feel like that one stat is just the teaser just touching the just the teaser and touching just a little scratch of the surface so let me let me give a couple more um data points first i want to say to your point i love the quote humans or statistics are humans with the tears wiped away right we have to remember when we hear these statistics that they represent individuals that it is a mother or a father or a co-worker a brother or partner or wife whatever it might be and I think sometimes these statistics that I'm about to share that are so shocking, people forget, your people don't forget, but other people forget under those statistics are humans. It's you, it's me, it's the people that we love, right? So 23% of adults are sandwich generation. 
So sandwich generation means I'm caring for over 18 and under 18 at the same time. The reality is I'm just caring all over the board. We call it club sandwich generation sometimes. So of that 43% of adults who are unpaid caregivers right now, 70% have at least one significant mental health impact, anxiety, depression, and or suicidal ideation. Now I want to dig in on that sandwich generation, which if you've lived it, and 23% of us are right now, we know that's a really, really insane amount of intensity. So if we look yep. at suicidal ideation as a metric for indicator, a, a pretty extreme manifestation of mental health impact, and we split the country into four cohorts. Cohort one, four and a half percent of the population at large who's not in any caregiver role at all has actively thought about suicide in the last 30 days. So write that down, four and a half percent. The next cohort is I'm serving as a parent or guardian. That's my role to one or multiple. It doubles to nine percent. The next cohort is I'm caring for someone or multiples over 18, it's 10%. What percent of adults across the US as of COVID who are caring for youngers and olders at the same time, who are in that sandwich generation role, that 23% of adults, what percent of them have actively thought about suicide in the last 30 days? I would venture to say around 50. It's 50. I'm guessing here. It's 52%. What is it? 52%. Wow. And I think wow. that's a statistic that for a lot of individuals, you know this because this is your life, right? You dig in on this. So for a lot of folks are like, well, if it's 10% for, if it goes four and a half, nine, 10, I'm going to double at 20, but it couldn't be 20. We're like, it's, you're right. It's not 20, it's 52%. The other data wow. that I want to share really quickly is the archangels, what we do, we have a validation tool that puts you in the green, yellow, or red. It's like a two and a half minutes, we call it Cosmo quiz, a two and a half minute therapy session. Before COVID, 8% of us were in the red. If you're in the red, over 90% have at least one mental health impact, right? That anxiety, depression, or suicidal ideation. As of COVID, it went to 24%. So three times the increase. In the last nine weeks, it's hovering around 29%. Wow. So it's not getting easier to care, right? Everyone's like, what's a care economy? Yeah, but the economy's not caring for us. And what I would say back, so that's 29% of people are in the red, which you know is an extraordinary indication of things becoming more and more intense. And then I would say for you, for your coaches, for the people that you're serving, I would consider you guys often double duty caregivers. Double duty caregivers mean your paid job is to care for those people you're serving. And at home, in your neighborhoods, in your you're going home and you're also caring for people there. So you're also an unpaid caregiver. And what we see is a disproportion of people who've gone into being a paid caregiver also take on that role at home because you're naturally somebody who cares. People come to you, right? I know when you leave, I know if I had a question about something, I'd call you and you'd pick up the phone at any point in time, not related to your work. So those double yep. duty caregivers, they often have double the intensity. So we just did an event yesterday with double duty caregivers and the average, the percentage of people who are in the red was 50%. So the thing I would love to say to you, to the people that you're serving who are in fact then going and serving all those individuals out there who could really use some help, is please put your air mask on first, right? What are you doing to care for yourself? How are you making sure? It sounds ridiculous to advise someone who's a double duty caregiver. You know, you should meditate and, you know, take time to run and sleep well. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna belittle someone by saying, do all these ultimate manifestations of health because usually we can't because we're so stressed out. Maybe take a minute every three yeah. hours to close your eyes Maybe go outside once a day, take your shoes off, put your feet in that green grass. Maybe ask a friend 
to be your, you know, we say if you're in the red, you need a red phone. Who can you call to, to have them outer circle you and love on you fiercely? We got to do the bare minimum we can to be surviving. And I appreciate what your health coaches do every single day to support other folks. We got to make sure they're getting support themselves. Alex, as always, eloquent, perfect. This was a great shot of knowledge for our community. Thank you for making the time. Um, and you coaches have an amazing work in front of you to do. Uh, again, 43% of us are informal caregivers. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm Eugene Borohovich and CEO and co-founder of Your Coach Health. Thank you very much. Thank you.